Okay, we're going to really talk about the five-fold ministry tonight. Um, and let me, just get, let me just start out by saying this. Um, we're going to be in Ephesians 4, chapters, uh, verses 11 through 16 is where we're going to be tonight. I'm not even going to try to kid myself that we're going to get past that. So I'm just going to be real with myself and you guys tonight. We're going to get through verse 16. Um, when we were pastoring in Desalmonds and the Lord spoke to me about doing a warrior school, which is, let's just be real, intense discipleship is what it really was. But it was sound a lot cool, cooler to call it warrior school, you know. And so people needed to come learn how to be warriors for Jesus spiritually, how to suit up and fight. Um, because the devil's real. He don't play. He don't play fair. Right, Miss Wanda? He don't play fair. But we have an advantage, and that's what we have to use. And so the Lord started speaking to me about doing warrior school. And so he told me, and I, you probably heard me say this before, that he said, I'll begin to teach you to teach them. And so he began to drop what I called keys to the kingdom inside of me. And as he would drop those keys, I would begin to study that, and it would, the Lord would give me some revelation um, not because of anything special that I did, just because I was available and willing to, to learn. And so uh, I think when I talked on fasting, I think that was one of them I told you about. So, but this was another one, the five-fold ministry. I'd never even heard of that. Grew up uh, full gospel my whole life until I was in junior high. Then we went over to the Assemblies of God, which wasn't much different, except not everything was a sin anymore. And so, um, but I, I, just, I never heard the term five-fold ministry. Ever, the very first time I ever heard it, we were youth pastoring in West Monroe, and I remember an evangelist speak, saying it, but I still didn't know what that meant, had no clue what that meant. And so the, when the Lord gate dropped this into my heart, and he said, I want you to teach on the five-fold ministry, I literally had to Google what the five-fold ministry was. And so I didn't realize it was right here in Ephesians talking about it. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. I'm going to spend most of my time talking about that tonight. And because remember last week I told you that... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it like a hand, the five-fold ministry. Who was here last week? Everybody was here? And I said that. So if you hold up your hand, everybody hold up your hand. So the Lord, uh, well, Paul's talking, but the Lord says he wants to establish gifts. Jesus said when he's leaving, I'm going to give you gifts. And he, five gifts, particularly in this passage he's talking about. And that we're going to call that um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so when it looks like a hand, and I'm going I'm to I'm illustrate it, but everybody go ahead and just take away the apostles and the prophets. And I just want you to feel that pull because in the vision the Lord gave me, he actually did that and showed me that. And he said, this is what's happening with my church. We've heard of evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but we don't talk about the prophets and apostles anymore. And my church at the very best is functioning. You can function with three fingers, but it's just more difficult. And he said it would be a lot easier if they were f functioning in the full gifts, giftings of the five-fold ministry. So we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Is everybody ready? Okay, if you're taking notes, it's going to be some good stuff. And so I'll try to go slow on the important stuff to tell you. All right, so let's just start right here. In verse, chapter 4, verse 11, and this is out of the NIV, um, it says this. I'm going to read all the way through 16, okay, then I'll come back. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So he, he gave this for a reason. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. 
Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From, the, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So, so man, that's a whole bunch packed into those little verses there. But uh, let's go back right here. Okay, if you remember last week, we talked about this in, um, in Ephesians right before verse 11. Let's see. Uh, verse, let's just start with verse 9. What he ascended means that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. If we jump up right before that, it talks about that uh, in the end of verse, well, verse 8 says this. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train. We talked about he took captive, captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Then he goes on to say in verse 11, and so Christ himself gave... These were the gifts he gave. So these, the fivefold ministry is a gift to the body, okay? So we're going to talk about that first. So he gave these five gifts, verse 12, to equip. Let me tell you why that's so important. So he gave these specific gifts to equip. Now, I just thought it was really interesting when I was studying this that the, the noun form of this word equip here in verse 12, which is why he gave the gifts to equip the people, okay? Um, it's a noun only used once in the New Testament here in Ephesians 4.12. It's the only time it's used in this form in the Greek. But the word has an interesting medical history in classic Greek. To equip often meant to put a bone or part of the human body into right relationship with the other parts of the body so that every part fits thoroughly. It means literally to align a dislocated limb. Now, what I love about that is he's talking about the body here, and he's talking about he, how we've been talking about unity this whole chapter. And so what he's saying is Christ get, took captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to equip, to put back in place the body how it's supposed to work. So really, they're like the spiritual doctors, if I could just take my liberty, and this is Charity Hospital. I just love how I, I, we're taking Ephesians like it's talking to Lighthouse Community Church in Berwick. And so we, are, we need to then celebrate these gifts in the body. Um, so let's keep going. I just thought that was interesting. Okay, let me just, let, before I go on to the five-fold ministry, because I'm not really going to spend much time in verses 14 through 16, but let's just look at that real quick, okay? It's, verse 14 says this, Then... So anytime it says that, anytime I'm reading a verse and it starts with therefore, then, because, well, I have to always go back. Why is then there? Because that's not, you, when, you, when I say but then, whatever I said before that was important. Because if I'm saying then, I don't know, I'm not an English teacher. Anybody know what that is? Con, conjunction, I don't know, something. It's a bridge for something, Right. Okay, so if it's saying then, so I want to look right back, okay? So let's go back to verse 13. He says, well, verse 12, to equip people for works of service. That's why he gave the gifts to equip, to put back together. Everybody has their part in the body for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, so but that's a whole lot here. Let's just back up. 
We're going to be equipped for the works of service so that we, that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. So we don't have to be just unified. We have to be mature in the faith, okay, to breach the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. means he wants us to operate in his fullness. Now, I'm not, I, it's a whole other sermon on what that fullness of Christ means. But the fullness means the fullness. It means all of his glory. Whatever that is you need, it's, that's what it is. Healing, health, uh, wisdom, revelation, whatever. The fullness of Christ, okay? Then, once all that happens, then... We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does his work. I may come back to this, guys, but listen, we're going to talk about the five-fold ministry tonight. But this is, this is Paul writing this letter to Berwick Lighthouse Church. He's saying, there's a plan for you. We all fit together. We all work together. We all work in unity, and we all work in maturity, in the fullness of Christ. And, and the whole plan here, I mean, it's so much right there, but... And, because then we won't be tossed by what we believe or not believe because we are unified in what we have in common. And remember earlier in the chapter where it talked about, and it's, then it's okay if we have a disagreement with something about somebody because God's also given us the gift of grace to be okay with that. I'm going to tell you, there are times in my physical body, I don't really agree that my arm is hurting. Like the rest of my body's not agreeing with that. Like, why are you hurting? Do you have no reason to hurt? What happened? What did I do? That's, you know, sometimes I'll get a knot in my back and I'm like, how did that happen? How did it get there? What did I, I didn't do anything, right? That's how we are sometimes in the body. Somebody's doing something, you're like, what are you doing? You're not working with the rest of the body in unity and maturity, right? And he wants us to. That's a whole other sermon for another day. But I'm going to talk about the five-fold ministry today. I'll tell you, I could probably spend a year in Ephesians. Just right. Oh, so good. Okay. So the five-fold ministry. So, because I'm not going to go back to those verses. So I just wanted to kind of touch on it. Okay. So for the modern church to be powerful and effective. And I say the modern church because I think the New Testament church had it. So how about let's say it this way. For the modern church to become once again the New Testament church. To be functioning the way we're supposed to function. Uh, we need to reactivate the ministries of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The five-fold ministry is like the five fingers of a hand. We talked about that. We can use the hand, although it has three fingers, but it's not ideal. The handicap is obvious when we want to use it for heavier tasks. The task of churches today is heavy indeed. We therefore have to restore the completion, the complete operation of the five-fold ministry by giving the rightful positions to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We must emphasize that the five-fold ministry to be effective, we must include the lay people. The maturity of the church of Jesus Christ is at stake. The fulfilling of Christ's command to make disciples of all nations has yet to be achieved. The churches cannot afford to play church games anymore. 
Let's arise and make every effort to allow God to use us effectively in whatever part of the fivefold ministry that he has for us. Let's fulfill the great commission of our Lord without further delay. Here's the deal. The Lord spoke to me and said he's going to give us Berwick as our inheritance. Okay, that's a promise I'm hanging on to. He's going to give us this community. But he's going to, he's going to need more than me and Pastor Mo to do that. Me and Pastor Mo do not operate in all five of these gifts. We do operate in some of these gifts. So that means somebody else as part of the body has to operate in some of these gifts. And so that could be you. The, the problem is, I think we're, we don't teach on this, so people don't know about this. So people don't even know what they're gifted in. We're going to eventually do a spiritual gifts test. Um, but tonight I'm going to give you just a little link where you can go do a five-fold ministries test and kind of see what, under what of these offices you might fall under. Because we ought to know, once you know, then knowledge is powerful. Okay, Lord, once I know, and see, the devil don't want you to know. But once you know, you can start operating in those gifts. And, start, and, and because reaching this community is going to take, everybody say me. Yeah, it's going to take you, all of us working together, doing our part. You know, it, it takes a whole lot for this body to function. And so we have to, you know, I don't really know because I didn't do great in science, but I mean, at some point, you know, my leg tells the brain, let's move, and we got to walk. You know, like, stuff happens. I don't know how it happens, but stuff happens, right? It's, it's, it's a whole complicated mess. And you know it's complicated when they start wanting to talk about surgery on a part of your body. All of a sudden, it becomes very important, <laughs> every part of your body, right? So, um, but, so we need to know that. So the purpose of the five-fold ministry is found in Ephesians 4. To perfect the saints, to equip them, to identify and involve the saints in the work of ministry, to edify the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry will remain in place until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature man. So basically, the fivefold ministry needs to take place until the Lord comes again. Because that's when we will be made into the full, we will really know the fullness of Christ when he comes again. And so that's the, that's the purpose of the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry helps us to be alert. God has, I love this. You know, a couple of times the number five is used and that I thought was real interesting, but you know, we have five senses and I like that because I was just thinking of like what fives, like there's fives. So there's five senses in the human body for protection and care of the body. I think likewise, God has given us five gifts as spiritual senses for the body for protection and care. And so there's a lot of times, there's, there's five in the Bible. If you just kind of do a little word study on, on the number five, there's a lot of times where the Lord uses five that I, that I think is real interesting. So let's begin. We're going to begin with the office of apostle because that is the first one, right? Um, also, there's a, there's a G I'm going to let you use for each one of these. So apostle equals govern. So an apostle's govern. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But every all the, the five will have a G word, which I think is neat. Okay, so think about this. The apostles are the thumb. We're going to represent the thumb, okay? Did you know that the thumb is the only finger that can touch all of the four fingers? Did you know that? None of your other fingers can touch all the other fingers, but an apostle can. A lot of times, somebody under the gifting of apostles can actually operate under prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, too. It's the only one who can actually um, touch all the other offices there. The apostle is represented by the thumb on the hand of God. I put that because I really believe that was God's hand I saw. <laughs> the thumb is the only finger that can touch all the other fingers. This means the apostle to an degree can walk in any of the offices. Maybe not quite the same anointing and authority as someone under that office, but they can act, 
very well work in those. Maybe, oh, I said that. Um, But nevertheless, enough to do anything the Lord needs to be done if the other offices are not available. An apostle is a delegee, an ambassador of the gospel. Matter of fact, apostle means sent one. Now, when when I say the word apostle, what do you think of? Well, hopefully you think of the apostles in the Bible, right? The sent ones. And that's what we think of. Now, we use that word today. People will give themselves that title today, which just... I hate this is being taped. I just find it interesting that people want to, you know, call themselves an apostle, which you will find all over everywhere. (laughs) The apostle so-and-so. And And I'm thinking, you know, you really want to know the qualification of apostle, why you want to call yourself an apostle. Now, look, you may be an apostle, and that's great. But you need to be really careful before you call yourself an apostle. You need to go read in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 12, where Paul talks about what made him qualified to be an apostle. (laughs) His shipwreck and, and his, his trouble in the city and trouble in the country. And, you know, there's a whole persecution, flogging. I mean, there's a whole lot that it takes to be an apostle. But it's, it's just funny to me how people just want to say they're apostle so-and-so. I'm like, even if I was, I don't even know if I want to be using that like that. Because, <laughs> oh, no. People are not scared to say it. They were just, they, they like that title. And I'm thinking, they don't even know what that title means. Cause, but there are apostles. And the apostles are the sent ones. And let me just tell you a little bit about apostles. Apostles are like fathers and mothers who impart to the body of Christ. They raise them up as sons and daughters in the faith. Among them, the many purposes of apostolic ministry, one is to set the house in order and to provide proper government procedures in the house of God. Indeed, all things must be done decently and in order. This area in our ministry is responsible to ensure that the work is efficiently operated, complying with the biblical and governmental requirements and guidelines. The ministry is also actively involved in helping to fulfill part of the church's purpose of spreading the gospel, establishing new churches. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians 12 that he gave to the church the ministry gift of apostle. Um, in, cha- in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about a lot of the ministry gifts there. And, of course, one of his apostles. This is how I always thought of it. An apostle not only is a sent one, but usually in the, if you study apostles, I don't have time to get into all of it, but if you study some of the apostles in the Old Testament and the New Testament that were apostles, a lot of times they went in, set things in order, t- t- uh, weeded out, tore up, then rebuilt because things usually weren't done right. And I'll just tell you, um, guys, when we studied this, Pastor Mo is an apostle. Now he will never use that title ever, 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 but he falls into the office of apostle, which made so much more sense why he doesn't really fall into the office of pastor. And we'll talk about that in a minute, how he is a pastor, but he falls more in the office of an apostle. And if, if you've, because I've known his ministry all these years, it makes so much sense. And I'm going to tell you, once he realized that he was under the office of apostle and not pastor, it, it became freedom for him because he kept wondering why there were some things that he was like, I'm not really liking about this, but other things that I loved about this. It's because he, the giftings he has is an, as an apostle. Please do not call him apostle because he knows the qualifications of apostle and he will not want that title. <laughs> so that's an apostle. Hey, guys, the apostles in the church are the ones who, um, number one, you better hear from God because your job is to carry a heavy load. And so if you're raised, if you're called to be an apostle and that's the ministry gifts you're, you're under, 
then there will be things that will come up that God will give you. You know, apostles in, in, the, in the real world out there, not in ministry world, are the ones who are the um, CEOs of company. They're the ones who start companies. They're the Bill Gates. Like they see, they see something and can make something from nothing. That's a gifting from God. You know, Bill Gates is not just smart. He's gifted from God. We all are. And so when you see people like that, you mean, that is a gift. You know, I used to say this about Michael Jackson. I I'm, was never a fan, but, and I'm not musical. But I was like, that boy had so much giftings of God. It was crazy. He was gifted. He just used his gifts for the wrong, for the wrong kingdom. But that was crazy giftings right there. So an apostle is, is one that comes in. They can pastor. They can teach. They can, they can prophesy. They can, but usually they come in to establish order, to set things right, and to, and to rebuild and to get things going in the right direction. Isn't that kind of what Pastor Mo's doing here? Yeah, because he's, he's under the office of apostle. Okay, the next one is your pointer finger. Any questions on apostles? Anybody want to sign up to be an apostle? I didn't read you the qualifications. You wouldn't want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next is the prophets. Um, we don't really hear a lot about apostles either or prophets much. But the next is the pointer finger of the uh, office of prophet. The prophet is represented by the pointer finger. It's because they point the direction that we should be going by sharing the heart of God with the church. See, they point us in the right direction. The prophets do that. The ones who hear directly from God and know. How many, how many has ever had a word from a prophet? A real word from a prophet. Okay. So one time when I was studying this, I had never really seen this in action. So when, every, like when I was studying apostles, I was like, Lord, let me see what an apostle looked like. And he actually sent me somebody in my path who was an apostle. I got to see that ministry. So when I got time to prophet, I was like, you know, I've had words of prophecy. I've had words of knowledge. I've had, you know, but I don't know if because an apostle, a, a prophet prophesies. That's what they do. They prophesy. They may not even pray long because they prophesy. They probably don't preach because they prophesy. And we, we kind of like, well, let's get a good preacher who's going to preach a long message. No, and a salvation, that's an evangelist. We, we try to put them all together. A prophet will just prophesy. That's what they do. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I'm studying this, and the Lord's telling me this. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen a real prophet then. Like, see a real prophet. And so not, it's not all, but Lord gave me a very extreme example. So I ended up through a friend of mine who had a friend of hers who was doing a conference. Somebody was on a conference, and she goes, why don't you ride with me? We'll go eat after. We'll do this conference. She says, a good friend of mine. I think you will like. So there was this guy. I can't even tell you his name. But he was prophet so-and-so, right? I was like, okay, here we go. We'll see. So we, it's a small church. We get there. And so he starts, um, he says, okay. Like, he didn't have a message, which blew my mind. He didn't have a message. He gets up there and he kind of tells a little bit about his life. He lived in Ohio or somewhere. And then he says, okay. He says, I, I, you know, I've been up praying. He said, the Lord get, has given me some words for people. He said, so I'm just going to, you, 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 come on up here. And so I'm watching this and. So he starts like saying, I mean, maybe not exactly like this, but like, okay, um, on April 21st, you're going to, the God's going to open a door for you to go to Bangkok. And when that happens, the God's going to send money for a ticket. Like the ticket is going to appear, check your email. Like he's, and I'm going, what? And so he's going down and I mean, not all of them was crazy like that, but a lot of them was like, you know, and he, and so anyway, 
I mean, this one, he was like, and you're, you're praying about this income tax return, and God said he's going to give you $1,422.58. And I'm just I'm looking like, okay, this man has lost his mind. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what this, I look at my friend, I was like, this is a circus. I was like, you ready? She said, well, and so she goes, well, let's just wait and see what happens. And so I said, Lord, I don't know any of these people here. I mean, I didn't know them from Adam. Like, I, they could have, that could have been all, I don't know. But I know me. So I said, you, he, he's going to have to call me out. And then he's going to have to tell me something that I know is true. <laughs> like, because this is crazy. So he got there with them, and then he called some more people, you know, and not me. So I'm just like, God, this is not a prophet. This goes against everything I've ever heard in my whole life. And so he tells them some stuff, you know, and, and people are crying and, so then he, me and my friend, he goes, y'all took him up here. And so then he goes, he goes, okay, now you haven't been believing any of this is true. <laughs> I was like, what? And I look at my friend, my friend Shannon sitting on the side of me. I look at my friend Shannon and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, and so he begins to, and I actually typed it up and wrote it down because he begins to tell me stuff that I didn't even knew I knew. It was almost like when he said it, my spirit was crying that out, but I didn't know. I mean, some stuff he told me that I did know. Some stuff he told me I didn't know. But um, he even said this to me, which was the craziest thing, because I couldn't get Mo to come with me. I'll tell him about the, the prophet. I couldn't get Mo to come with me that morning. So he goes, and you tried to get your husband to come, and he didn't want to come. And right now he's laying, he sleeps on the left side of the bed or something. He was, and he said, so he, sl- he goes, when you get home, you put your right hand on him, and you start praying. And, he's, and I was like, <laughs> it's okay. I, listen, when I, I was speechless when I got done. I was like, and I, I, I just could hear the Lord up there going, now doubt me again and <laughs> see what I'm going to tell you. Here's the deal, guys. Prophets prophesy. That's what they do. And so, but here's the deal about prophecy, okay? Because people, you know, my pastor, Pastor David, is, is definitely under the office of prophet. And so all of us, if you, go to, if you come to the Louisiana outpouring with us, you'll get Lots of words because we all float under that anointing because we're under his covering. Um, so lots of words of knowledge, lots of prophecy going on. Um, but the prophecy, people can tell you what they, I can tell you, Fabian, what I hear God telling me to tell you. You decide if you're going to receive that or not. Okay? So I'm only being obedient to my part. You have to receive it or not receive it. Because listen, not everybody's a real prophet who say they can prophesy. And sometimes real prophets who prophesy are also men. And women. So I have to judge that against my spirit. Not the person. I'm not judging the person. I'm judging that against my spirit. And as part of the apostles. Who make sure there's order in the house. Is going to protect the sheep. Right? But there's going to be. There, if, you under, if you're under the. Listen. You may take this little test and realize that you may have some gifts of prophecies that's never been cultivated. I'm going to tell you, me and Pastor Mo are going to start cultivating those gifts inside of you. And if you're called to prophesy, you're going to prophesy. That's what it's going to be about. You're going to prophesy. So that's the, anybody have questions about the prophet? They're a little weird too, just saying. The G word for prophet is guide. The prophets guide us. They guide us. A lot of times... I'll, I'll say this, Lord, I need a word from you. Now you can send a prophet or speak to me. I'll take it either way. Because I understand that I may have gifts of prophecy in my life with words of knowledge, but I am not in the office of prophet. So, Lord, I'm going to try to tune my spirit into you. But if you want to send a prophet, I'll take that too. Because I need to hear from you. 
right? And so prophets guide us. They'll guide us. Okay, the church needs a prophetic ministry. It's essential for the growth, maturity, purity, and success of the church. There's a problem. Hey, you know what? The world needs a prophetic ministry too because how many have seen how many commercials they have for psychic networks? Seriously? And look, I may, oh, I hate this. I may just blow your mind right here, but a lot of those psychic people have gifts of prophecy. They're just working for the wrong kingdom. Seriously. They're working for the wrong kingdom. They're using the wrong medium. I use Jesus. He's the medium I go through. He speaks to me and I can tell you your future. It's the same thing. It's the, the spirit realm is one realm, guys. We use it for darkness or light. And so how many, how popular is that right now? Everybody's wanting to call the psychic network. I mean, there's commercials like crazy on there. And I'm just thinking, no, but you, you're working for the wrong medium. By the way, the psychic networks can only tell you the past because they don't know the future. That's only one medium who knows the future. That's, that's exactly right. Has anybody ever wondered why the psychic network people haven't won the lottery? They don't know the future. They'll tell you the past, but they don't know the future because Satan don't know the future. So the med- they're using their own medium, right? Prophets will prophesy. They'll guide. Okay. Y'all good? Is it too deep? Okay. The third is uh, evangelist. That's the middle finger, the longest finger. The evangelist, and the G word is gather. Evangelists gather. They gather people. It's represented by the, the longest finger because of how far this ministry reaches out. The evangelist brings good tidings, preaching the gospel. He or, sh- he or she causes others to make personal commitments to Christ. Oh, it's 7.30. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I give you five minutes? Can you give me five minutes? Okay, let me just go through this real quick. Philip in the New Testament was an evangelist. An evangelist tells people about Jesus. It's, the, it's, it's your longest finger. It's the Father's reaching. Listen, when you, when you find a real evangelist, it, they, their whole platform, their whole essence is about telling people about Jesus. It's all they do. It's all they know. It's all, they can't, they can't prophesy. They're just going to tell you about Jesus. They can't, I mean, they make him prophesy. I'm just saying, that's, that what they do is tell people about Jesus. Fabian, you have a lot of evangelistic... <laughs> I love the evangelists because we have to reach people. Our missionaries are evangelists. We need those in the body of Christ. Can you see how this would help? So when the evangelist tells them, then they can come to church and the prophets can guide them and the the apostles can govern. See how this is all working? They gather. Evangelists gather. Evangelists is the one. By the way, do we... Oh, I can't go there. Okay. Ah, Time. Okay. That's the evangelist. All right. The fourth one is the pastor. It's, he's the ring finger. It's, he's the guard. He guards us. He protects us, right? He's married to the church. He protects the sheep. That's what he does. The pastor is presented by the ring finger. Um, they are on the job 24 hours a day. They main, their main function is to love and care for the sheep. The pastor is a shepherd serving a church. He tends, he feeds, and gives insight to a congregation. He's a man with authority from God to lead his congregation. The title pastor appears only one time in the New Testament the, as the Greek word panaman. Uh, it means a shepherd who tends to sheep, not merely feeds them, but tends to them. 
it's used a lot of times in the New Testament when it talks about the good shepherd and the sheep. Here's how I like to think about the pastor. The pastor is the one who will pick up the sheep, which is us, and pull back the wool, tend to the wound, make sure he's the, the sh- and puts him back in the flock. He's also the ones who will go find the lost sheep, put them on his shoulder, so that way he can, you know why the shepherd would do that back in the day? So that sheep could hear his voice all the way back. Because we know the shepherd, because we know his voice, right? And that's what the pastor does. The pastor is, he is the shepherd for the sheep. He tends to the sheep. He guards the sheep. He protects the sheep, right? And he's the, and we need that. We have that. We thank the Lord for it. Okay, so he guards. The last one is teacher. They ground. They will ground you in the word of God. They will ground you to some truths. The teacher is represented by the little finger. This is how I like to use it because, you know, I am under the office of teacher. I like to get right there in your ear and make sure you're getting it good, right? Because that's what teachers do. We can get right in there and say, hey, this is the truth. This is what we need to live by. This is how we, we should be walking. The teacher is represented by the little finger. Teachers, along with the apostle and prophets, are to be the first brought into the foundation of a new, when the new church is laid. Teachers teach the word of God with simplicity and wisdom. The office carries with it the distinct anointing to take the mysteries of the word of God and make it clear to the understanding of those who hear. Is that what I do? Because I'm under the office of teacher, not because I'm a great teacher. Because God's given me the gifts of teaching. Okay? So I'm saying that because whatever gifts you're going to be under, God's going to do that with you. A familiar response to the ministry of a teacher would be, oh, now I get it. Now I understand it. That's how you know if they're under the office of teacher. A teacher makes the prospect of living a powerful, authoritative life within reach through the clarifying of God's word, taking the profounds of truth of God and making them understandable. Not just saying, hey, look at me, look how I'm living, I'm living victorious, I'm living. No, saying, hey, guys, you can too. You can live victorious. You can live with some authority. You can fight the devil. You have everything you need to live victorious. I'm going to teach you how not to make myself look better, but to help you live victorious because you're part of my body. So if you're not functioning right, I'm not functioning right. We have to all work together here. Teaching is an anointing to put in plain words the truth of God. It's important. It's an importation of divine truth. It's a deposit into the spirit of the hearers. A teacher should be ready to receive fresh truth from God's word. She should be, or he should be teachable and humble. It's important to know this type of teaching really has nothing to do with natural knowledge, nor does it come from natural ability to teach. Because, because I couldn't. I can remember when I couldn't teach. So when you're under any of these offices with the giftings, God is going to gift you with what you need to operate in these offices. Like, see, the apostle is about to tell the teacher, it's time to be done. Because that's what he does. (laughs) Um, The five-fold ministry helps us to be alert. God has set five senses in the human body for the protection and care of the body. Likewise, he has set five ministries as the spiritual senses of the body of Christ for its protection and care. Just like I can hear, I can feel, I can see, I can smell. God's given me senses to protect myself, to God, to know where to... He's given us these gifts. As a body, we can 
protect ourselves. We can know, we can be guided. We can know what to do. We can know what doesn't smell right. What doesn't look right. What does smell right. What does look right. That's what the gifts are for. And so guys, okay, everybody has your notes. This is my last thing I'm going to say. Wait, it's on this paper. www.5five, fold, F-O-L-D, survey.com. It's 80 questions. I took it today, and it will tell you what, um, under what, doesn't mean that you hold this office. It just means that you have giftings under this office. It could mean you hold the office, but it means you have giftings under the office. And I took it today, and no surprise, my number one was teacher. My number two was pastor. No surprise. So take it. Um, we'll, we'll come back maybe next Wednesday. We'll talk about that for a few minutes and see where you're at. Yes. www.5.5-F-I-V-E, fold, F-O-L-D, survey, S-U-R-V-E-Y.com. It's a free survey. You can take, answer these 80 questions, and it'll tell you um, what giftings of the office you're under. Did you learn something? Did you enjoy it? All right. Thank you, babe. Hey, guys, um, we believe in the five-fold ministry. Why? Because it's in God's word. Amen. And if we're going to be a strong and healthy church, we're going to have that operating and uh, in use at our church. And obviously, every one of us has giftings, has um, um, gifts towards some of these offices. And we want to cultivate that. We want to empower evangelists to evangelize. We want to empower teachers to teach. We want to, and, and again, there's so many other giftings. There's ministry of help, ministry of encouragement. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this, but, but all of us can be used in some of these areas. And that's what a good, strong and healthy church looks like. Amen.